To try to help inspire you guys in all aspects of your life.、Mm-hmm. And actually, speaking of reveal, I feel like this podcast is going to help us reveal more of ourselves, more of each other, and more of our guests. I think we have so many amazing people in our lives that are so inspiring and creative and thoughtful and kind. We just want to share it with the world. Well, we also want to take the time to relax a little bit. That too. You and me connect more. I mean, we have been together almost a decade, but there's so much more we can still learn about each other.、Mm-hmm. So we can also share stories with our guests, our friends that we're going to have on. But mainly, it is for you guys. I mean, we want to do this to bring you another side of us, something you haven't seen about us before. And also, you're going to see that Linda is the pun queen. So this this、oh、is gosh, actually just put me on the spot. On the spot.、Mm. I mean, you're wonderful. Oh, thanks. That's the best one. I use that whenever I have to do a pun. I just say wonderful. It's the only one I have. Go. You know what? It's a wonderful life. Did I just use the same word? That was a terrible copy. I want royalties on your pun.、But... Uh, pun, pun, pun. <laughs> <laughs> really, we just want you guys to join us for this journey. It's going to be a fun ride, and if nothing else, at least we can try to bring you a little joy. That is the number one thing that I want this year: to bring joy into other people's lives. That brings me joy. I'm sorry to tell you, but somebody has already taken that trademark. And her name is actually Joy. Yes, and she's one of my favorite people ever because she makes me so happy. She's so colorful. She just makes the world a better place. Joy Cho, she has the amazing brand. Oh Joy, it's going to be a lot of fun talking with her today. We should make up a song for her. Joy Cho. Joy to the world, Joy Cho has come. No, I'll work on that. <laughs> Can feel the love bouncing off these walls, shining through the windows, reflecting like a rainbow. That's where we belong. Yeah, it feels like home. It feels like home. Yeah, it feels like home. You have this look. On your face of a person who is dealing with a stressful Reno. <laughs>、oh, what does that look? Is that tears? Do you see the bags under my eyes? I think I can see the makeup smudges on your sleeves from wiping、yes. off all the tears. Yeah. No, you have a big project you've been working on, and this excites me. Especially,、um, you know, Linda and I loved coming over to see the project and. You didn't go to school for design, but man, do you have a great eye! I、but、mean, your you, whole brand is built on such a great eye for、yeah. style, aesthetic, and design.、Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I did not. I went to school for graphic design, but not interiors or architecture. So this project of building a house is completely new for me, and it's been equal parts fun and equal parts completely stressful beyond belief. How do you still have no gray hair after all of this Reno project? Jeans,、wow. <laughs> Asian jeans. There you go, you and Linda. Damn good jeans. <laughs> so that's all I can say about the non-gray hair, but I feel it. And、um, <laughs> yeah, just last night I was completely crying my eyes out to my husband over dinner while our kids were playing in another room. Just. Certain things、oh. were happening, and I was just done. I was like, I'm done, <laughs> and I was crying, and he's just like. I love you so much, and I'm going to support you, and I'm going to—we're going to get through this, and that's what I'm here for. But you need to pull it together. <laughs> Bob's your voice of reason. He really is, because he's much more like logical and rational and all that, and I'm like the emotional, creative one. And he's like, "We have—we have a light. Like we have a light in the, the tunnel. There is a set time." I'm like, "No, it's not. It was supposed to be done for my 40th birthday in May, and now it's." December and all this stuff, but you know, you know what he was trying to say, and it's one of those things where it's been unbelievably stressful for me. I think 
not knowing what I was getting myself into. But there are those moments when I'm walking through, we're doing walkthroughs with our contractors, I'm working on designs, and I'm like, oh my God, we did this. Like our hard work, busting our asses for all these years to be able to do this, this is sort of like the what the thing is. Yeah. And yeah. one thing that I remember, I had I have been working with a life coach for a little bit, and when I was complaining to her about my stress level, she's like, well, what's the, what's the whole reason that you want this house? Like, what does it matter? She's like, let's think about the thing that's gonna make you happy about it. And she wanted me to come up with like one word to tape onto the anywhere that I am, my desk, my bathroom, and I came up with the word connection. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to what we talked about a little bit before was just the fact of like, for me, having a home is about having our friends and our family over, our kids' friends over, and it's those moments like, I love going out to dinner. I love going to amazing restaurants in LA. But one of my favorite times is having people over for dinner mm-hmm. and the conversation that comes from that. Yeah. Because it's beyond the food. It's just like when you're at home, you can linger. You're not having to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. You're just chilling. Yeah. And that is the thing that I use to get me through this. I, I honestly, I mean, Linda and I are the same. We absolutely just having friends over for game night. I'm not, you know, 21 anymore. I don't want to hit the club. Um, you know, it's still fun to go out for dinner and, and or see a show. You know, that that's always been an exciting thing for, thing for us. But connecting with friends and family at home in your own mm. environment, you feel relaxed. I can throw my onesie on and just be myself. <laughs> Whatever you need, that is truly home for us. Yeah, there's something so special about a home and and all of the evolutions that it sees in your life. Like it's not even about the structure; it's about what happens inside it and all of the different people that are in your in our lives that come through i i think it at the end of it all it would be very interesting to you know see if these walls could talk like what would it say you know what would it say of our lives and our relationships you have a program for young entrepreneurs and we talked a little bit about some of what you're doing but i'd love to hear a bit more too how how you're using your voice to inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs so when I first started my business in 2005, I had no idea what I was doing. I went to art school. I did not go to business school. And I couldn't just drop everything and go to business school and pay for that. So I just sort of figured stuff out as I went. And I think as a lot of us do these days who start businesses, because I think starting businesses is a lot more common because people kind of can equip themselves with information more mm-hmm. easily than they could in the past. I got to the point where a few years in, I was like, okay, I've learned so much. Like, how can I... How can I help me three, five years ago? Mm. And so my first two books were business-related books. One was about freelancing. Another one was about starting a blog as like a professional blogger. And I also was doing a lot of um, one-on-one consulting sessions with other up-and-coming business owners. And then I had my first daughter. And then I had my second daughter. And I had then I grew a team. And so a lot of that stuff got put on hold. I was still talking about it in social media, and I was still giving advice when I could. But as a service, I wasn't doing that for a good number of years. And then one of the big things that came out of working with my life coach, when, she, when I felt like something was missing, what she made me realize was that I missed interacting with people and I missed the connection. I have a connection with people on social media, mm-hmm. but it's not as deep sometimes because I can't hear them. I can't communicate with them so much past a certain level. And I knew that I didn't want to be a life coach. I know that I'm not a motive, like I'm not a motivational speaker for just like your life, but I like it for business because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the things that I can apply to business, I can also apply to life and vice versa. Totally. So one of the things of 2019 that was on my list was to launch, sort of relaunch this educational part of Ojoy. And so we call it the Ojoy Academy. And I launched it with um, an online class and some PDFs and one-on-one, the opportunity to do one-on-one business coaching with me. And so it's it's a small, again, small but mighty selection of things, but it sort of ranges from free to a little bit of money to a little bit more money to a little bit more money. And it just offers people a little sampling of different things based on what they need. But That's great, though. I mean, because that's that little bit of an extra support that people might need to be able to launch their own career, their own passion projects. I, I think it's amazing. And I actually, while you were talking, I just enrolled. So Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. like... Yes, yeah, world, yeah. Are, are the workshops in, in person? There have been some in person this year, but typically with in-person workshops, I do them to test out being able to transfer it to an online version oh, okay, cool. because I can only physically do yeah. so much and it's time away from my kids and stuff. Yeah. So just trying to be able to do a version that 
more people can take advantage well, of it. Well, there are also yeah. people all over the country that, that could benefit from that that might not be able to come all the way to LA to see you. So yeah. we've known you for a little while now and uh, you're always saying, you know, what I do, you know, it's just, you know, making things look pretty and your husband is the hardworking one with a really meaningful job. Well, let's just, I don't actually truly believe that. I mean, yes, <laughs> he is the, he is hardworking with a meaningful job. But I also, I do agree with you guys, thank you. I am also hardworking with a meaningful job. Yes. I, the only reason I say that sometimes is because when people ask me what my husband does and I say that he's a spine surgeon, a pediatric spine surgeon for a charity hospital, the answer is always, oh my gosh. Wow. Well, yeah. partially yeah. because I'm in this creative world, so something like that is just so different than what any of us do. Well, helping people in completely different ways. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he will show me some of the work he's done, and he'll show me an x ray of a spine that literally looks like the letter S, and then afterwards it wow. is literally straight. And you're just like, I don't understand how you did that. It just blows my mind. But that's also why he went to a million years of schooling mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And so, so yeah, I mean, comparatively, sometimes I'm just like, what is this like fluffy job that I have? But I know, I mean, I wouldn't do this job if I didn't derive meaning from it and I didn't feel good about it because I think that having started as a graphic designer and then evolving my business into this lifestyle brand, which is such an overused term, but it's it, honestly it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but being able to reach people in a way that I never would have expected because of the internet and because of social media, I think that's been an amazing thing to help give people a voice because I think prior to social media, you needed to have a TV show to be able to reach people. Yeah. And having a TV show, as you guys know, still reaches a ton of people, but now people who maybe can't get a TV show have the ability to be able to share their voice and their talent. First off, those jerks with TV shows, I mean, I tell I you, <laughs> so done with well, them. I, I think what social media does that TV can't do is provide a platform for conversation. Like yeah. I can't talk to the person on the screen, but I can talk to you and yeah. it makes it so accessible and it it makes me feel like I'm part of that world. And actually, you know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the very first time we ever spoke was Linda and I had posted something or commented on one of, one of your posts just talking about how much we love how you inspire people, and you responded. And I think that's a prime example for a lot of people out there to see that it is a closer connection for people on social media um, that inspire them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think also sometimes you follow people, and especially people that you follow that you're just like, oh my gosh, like I'm such a fan of theirs, and you don't realize that they're also doing that to you, like your mutual fans of each other, and then you DM and you're just like, oh my God, it's like so weird. So-and-so is DMing me, and then you end up like just, you're just like both normal people, just like, both interesting. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Lynn, Lynn is a total weirdo, but I'm normal. <laughs> I am. I'm totally normal. Yeah. I'll own it. And also, so with everything you post too, like your use of color is actually the thing that really we gravitate towards because Lynn and I are all about color. Of course, we're in the one room of our house that doesn't have a ton of color, but it still has a bit of our vibe. Um, but yeah, we love, so what for you as a graphic designer when you started, what got you into graphic design and did you always have this love of color? Well, what's funny, so I'm from Philly, and then when I graduated from college, I went straight to New York. So my first two jobs were in New York City, and I used to only wear black and gray, which is the craziest thing. It's very thing. New York. Yeah. Yes, very New York, East Coast, winter vibes. And I really, when I came to California, which at this point was roughly 10 years ago, I really feel like is when I found myself style-wise, design-wise, and I just like, I was always meant to be here in Southern mm. California. Um, I love the East Coast, I love Philly, I love New York, and there are things about those cities I will never be able to replicate anywhere else. But the weather was just what I needed at that time in my life. I moved here when I was 30, so like roughly 10 years ago. And just everything, like the flowers, the farmer's market, the food, yeah. all the things. Plus that's really when I came into adulthood. Um, and I just think that it allowed me to really just become myself and myself just happened to like color. I always liked color in my work. Like mm -hmm. even if I look back at my early graphic design work, it was always very colorful, but I wasn't necessarily. I think mm. I just didn't want the attention of what mm. color can bring to you when you wear color or you decorate your home with color. Whereas now I've gotten to a place where I've gotten rid of so many of my insecurities from my 20s that are so annoying that I'm just like, I don't care if people stare at me because I'm wearing like a feather headband on my head or like a hot pink coat or whatever that might be. And those are things that I will regularly wear. That's why I also regularly wear those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did borrow it from your closet. Thank you, yes. <laughs> you give it back when you're ready. <laughs> um, and I think, again, it's sort of com 
finding yourself both for me on a, as a woman, as a designer, my style, also Oh Joy. I think that Oh Joy, I started Oh Joy in 2005, which is 14 years ago. And I started out as a blog, right? Well, it actually started off as a graphic design studio, like mm-hmm. me being a freelance graphic designer and a blog at the same time. It's just mm-hmm. people didn't realize that I was constantly hustling, doing design work while trying to grow this social media thing that I didn't know what that was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've really just come into what my style is, but also what the Ojoy style is over the last five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, really in the last five years, even more so, and just understanding what it is that I'm trying to put out there, mm-hmm. what my goal is, what my mission is, and how I can parlay those things into the different things that we do because yeah. there are so many things that we do. Well, I, yeah, I mean, if you go to ojoy.com, you can see all the the vast array of what you do. And but I think too, you know, there's an e-commerce portion uh, to the website and everything. Like, there's so much detail that goes into everything that you have, which is what I love. It's not like you're just slapping your name on something and see it, see if it sells there's or so see what happens. So much thought that goes into so much it. thought that goes into it, and it, it feels very personalized too. I think it's. Like for Linda and me, whenever we have, you know, over the holidays, we're giving a gift to somebody, we either want to make it mm-hmm. or we want to find something that has meaning or that could become an amazing story. Mm-hmm. It's not just a generic gift card for, for something. And so, I, yeah, we, we get that feeling too that you put a lot of time and effort and your team puts a lot of time and effort into making everything unique, um, which is exciting. And we do shop your, your website a lot. So. <laughs> when you talk about Oh Joy as a brand and then now that this brand has a life of its own, do you ever find that? Oh, joy kind of influences you. I have a lot of friends who are business owners, and I see somewhere their brand and them personally are very different. Yeah. You know, let's say, for example, a very colorful brand, but their homes are black and white mm-hmm. or something like that. I actually think that I'm pretty similar to my brand, partially because a lot of it just stems from what I like mm-hmm. personally. Um, so I think that the use of color and the details and the surprises, for me, it's always like, what's that wink that makes something mm-hmm. more joyful and mm-hmm. more happy? So I think it's pretty close. I mean, for sure, there are some stories we're do, we'll do where it's like a pink and red room, and it's meant to be editorial. It's meant to be fun. Yeah. It's meant to almost yeah. be a design challenge. But would I have that room in my house? Probably not. But the theories and the things that we're teaching you of like how to do that are still theories that I implement, just maybe not that specific mm-hmm. color combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how does, is the is the love for color genetic? Like, is it, do your kids love The girls color? must love color, too. They do. I mean, so here's the thing. I'm their mom, right? So it's kind of like you get from your parent, you get what you get mm-hmm. from your either surroundings or genetic, and nature, nurture, all that stuff. I mean, my kids do love color, and when they have to pick their favorite colors, neither of them can just name one. It's always a mix. That's awesome. And they both prefer metallics, too, because gold is my favorite color now. And so they'll say gold or silver or, like, rainbow sparkle. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Those those usually go together. Rainbow sparkle. Yeah, rainbow sparkle. (laughs) But I also think it's how do you... But if I also was a monochromatic mom, which is cool, too... They mm. might also a mama chromatic. And you exactly. were back in your New York days. <laughs> I was. I was. But really, I think that the version of me that they're seeing now is really like the version that was meant to be their mom. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, they they do. But who knows? Maybe when they're 20, they'll rebel and they'll just be like, oh, God. But now, so the girls are, uh, Ruby and Coco are eight and six? Eight and five. Five, yeah. And so... Um, are they starting to get into their own, their own interests? Do they want to do what you do? What 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 do they want to? Well, it's it's funny. They're still like little enough that the things they want to do obviously are changing, and yeah. it's not serious enough that we need to try to make it into anything and just let them be. Mm. They both right now want to be something creative. So like Ruby, who's my eight year old, wants to be a crafter. Yeah. Oh, she should meet Linda. <laughs> and then my little one Coco wants to be an artist. So I'm just like. Uh, okay, I did not influence that at all. <laughs> it's just, I mean, and they both love drawing. They both love making stuff. Like, we, in our new house, um, they're going to share a room at first until they're ready to separate. But the second room that would be the second girl's room is going to be their playroom. But instead of it being a traditional playroom where it's, like, all centered around toys, it's definitely more of, like, a crafting room right. where we have tables and space for the supplies. Because right now they share this tiny little table where they do both homework and crafting stuff. And so the fact that they love to make things... It's sort of like one of those things where I'm just like, 
where did that come from? Because I'm, yeah. I know it came from me, but it's not like we're doing it all the time together. Because yeah. it's kind of like we're. Just, I'm so busy doing a million other things with them, or having to like take care of them, or cook them dinner, and all this stuff. But they'll just still be on their own, even if I'm not having them. If I'm not setting up the yeah. opportunity to do it, they're also doing it. But do they do they go on your social media? Do they ever go on and look? Because I mean, that obviously could inspire them too yeah, when they see all the creative with, posts with the kids and social media. Like, are they looking on it? You're saying, yeah, or yeah. Are they, well, my little one has no idea. She's five. She has no yeah. idea, really. She just knows that mommy has like a, a business called Ojoy and that we make stuff. Yeah. Ruby like knows what Instagram is. She doesn't have anything. She's only eight. Um, and she's looked on it and she's like, ooh, ooh. And, or she'll just look through like the people that I follow or if like there's a video or something. So she thinks it's cool. But also my kids are familiar with YouTube. Like we yeah. let them look at um, kids craft videos. So they yeah. see a lot of things from that. Um, and then in terms of other social media, like they're not, I would just like to them to not have a phone until they're 30 years old. That's what we, when we see, you know, we have friends and, and their kids at really young ages have cell phones. I'm like, I understand if there's an emergency situation, you have to get a hold of them. But then I see some of the, friend, uh, the friend's kids are actually just popping up on social media. And I'm like, I don't know if I would like that. Let's keep you hidden away from social media and everything until you're 45. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I know. It's a tricky thing. And yeah. it's a tricky thing, too, even with, like, the question of sharing your kids on social media. I, My kids, you'll see them, but I don't have them in sponsored content. I don't mm-hmm. have them super often. I've definitely changed it as I go. And, again, there's no one right answer for mm-hmm. anybody because yeah. I have plenty of friends who it's their job to do, like, their family and right. every day and all of that. It's just... My business isn't based on my family, so my yeah. family comes in for me under my terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does Bob ever um, get involved on, on your social media? Because I don't know if I've ever seen him on there. He's uh, every so often I'll post photos of us. He's actually yeah. very popular on my social oh, yeah? media. Nice. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but when but people love seeing him. I think it's also because it's rare, and it's not that he doesn't want to be. It's just like yeah. it's not about us. It's not yeah. about our relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think people also do like seeing. They do like seeing real life couples and yeah. seeing that you how you make a marriage work yeah. and things like that, which I'm sure they just want to know more well, about yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a big thing for us on our on our shows. Linda has has appeared on some of our shows, and and we've even tried to bring her into Property Brothers Forever Home and and Brother versus Brother because we we found that people do love it's more of an intimate behind the scenes kind of a feel like uh, people feel they're starting to get to know more of the real us not just the shows and yeah. we did find that Linda our parents and then Jonathan's dogs Gracie and Stewie are more popular than we are so but yeah I, I never like doing it just for the sake of it but if it serves the story or there's a reason for me to be there other than like they just like seeing your personal life yeah then I'm okay doing it. if you were not doing what you're doing today with oh joy and I mean you're what what's your other passion? What's something that people don't know about you oh that you would want to do? Gosh, you Let guys, up the nerdy side. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> I, I, I want to guess now. I want to guess. Guess. Dancer? Fireman. Firewoman. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. Okay, so here's some backstory. I actually have a secondary black belt. Oh what? In what style? Um, it was this mix of like Taekwondo and Muay Thai. So it was traditional karate, but I also did a lot of Muay Thai and also Gracie Jiu-Jitsu back in the day. Oh my god. So it was a weird mix. But anyway, <laughs> I have a secondary black belt, which I got when I was 19. I started when I was 11, so it took me roughly eight years to get to my second degree. And so that really, starting karate completely changed my life. I was a super shy kid. I didn't like to talk to people. I especially didn't like to talk to, talk to men. I had a really hard time as a kid, like talking to older men. And so for me, that changed my confidence level a ton into high school and into college and all of that. And I got to teach kids karate. I also taught, taught adult classes by the, before I went off to college. And for me, it's just the idea of what it's giving to people was so... I don't know. It just like fed my soul in so many ways. Plus the confidence it personally gave me was like life changing. So I think that I would have a karate school or something like that. School of karate. You don't realize you have gone up 
10 notches in my book. <laughs> In because your, do you know in my in karate, karate books? Do you realize I also have a second degree black what? belt? Yeah. Wow, I feel so oh my gosh. Linda, 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 do we have to just like let's karate off right now? <laughs> the male there there can be only one. The Highlander quote. Um, so at Shotokan karate we studied, and there was a little mix of Aikido in there, and we learned um, some jujitsu, but mainly it was Shotokan and. Jonathan and I competed on the national level, and we were actually national champions oh for, God. I think it was seven or eight years. We were, we were undefeated in Team Kata. So that, that Team Kata is where you have three people in formation. It's like synchronized karate moves. Mm. And then I was also, Jonathan, individual Kata, he, he won many years, and I, I was a champion on the fighting side, Kumite. And so I, we used to teach as well. We taught adult classes, we taught the kids classes. And I actually, at one point, when I, I didn't have any money and I was wanting to pursue acting as a young adult, and I actually thought, well, I wonder if I could teach karate as a way to supplement my acting and my, my passion. And so, did you? No, I didn't. I ended up, instead, I actually ended up getting into more real estate. And we were doing more real estate, which, which worked and makes more money than a karate dojo. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's so funny. I had yeah. no idea. So. I didn't know that about you either. Okay. It would on, be, Linda, instead of up. dojo, it would be like dojoy. Dojoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what would mine be though? Drujo? John, if John and I could teach together, it would be the Drujo. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, so, the, so cool. what I loved with karate, just like you said, and actually we had like a bit of a, a mantra that we would say at the beginning of every class where you sit down, you close your eyes, you're sort of like letting everything, all your distractions of the day go away, and then you would go through these five uh, or six disciplines, and I, I can't remember exactly what they were, but it was sort of about you know, discipline, self-respect, treat others the way you want to be treated. And it definitely gave us more confidence as kids. Jonathan and I, you know, we did have confidence and we were sort of these outgoing personalities. Our older brother wasn't. He was very much, um, uh, compared to us, he was very much internalized and he didn't like the attention that Jonathan and I did. And it helped him build more confidence as well. And so So is that something your parents enrolled you in? You know, I chose it because I went through this awkward phase in... Like that 11, 12 year old phase, which is preteen, I guess you would call it. I was like this, I was like in the smart kid group, but not the popular kid group. And I was struggling a lot with like being one of the few Asian Americans. There's like a lot of just things and also like pubescence, like that annoying thing, right? So I wanted to actually do it a little bit earlier. I think I asked my parents when I was like seven or eight. And we went to this school to check it out because one of my guy friends was going there, but I was the only girl. And I wasn't confident enough to just start a karate school where mm -hmm. I was the only girl. Right. And then so we waited. And then by 10, 11, we visited a different school and there were other girls. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. And by that point, you know, my parents couldn't afford all these things when I was younger. But by that point, like they were like, okay, we can, we can do this now. And so I did. And then, you know, you know exactly all the things, but it was just amazing yeah. for me. And I even, did you ever watch me do a, a competition? Were you there when I did that? So, um, oh. are you still doing competitions no, now? No, 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 like, not no, now. What but was this? it would have, it would have been. So, Linda and I have been together almost ten years, okay. nine years, and um, it would have been just before we started dating. Because so we were in, we lived in Vancouver area, just outside of Vancouver, and so when we competed in Canada, every province. For any Americans listening, a province is like a state. Uh, so each province had its own team when you competed at the nationals. And so the British Columbia team out on the West Coast, we were their champions that nobody could beat us. Jonathan and I just were very, and we trained hard, we loved karate, and um, so we were always um, sort of in, in the finals. And then here I am, that was when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, and I even fought in adult competitions as a, as a teenager because we were really advanced. and. Anyway, as an adult, though, I missed it. We got, I sort of got into my, when I was going after acting, and then we got into our real estate life, and I was going to school, uh, college, and I just stopped training. And so I think 10 years went by or something since I've been training, and I missed it. And at this time, I was now living in Alberta, which is the next uh, province over. And so the, the head sensei there heard that I was now in his province and he got all excited because he's like the former champion of the other provinces now in ours and he could bring us a national championship. And so I started talking to him and he said, um, the provincial tournament is in a month. Can you come and uh, compete for us? And I said, well, I haven't trained in 10 years. I'm out of shape. And I said, well, he talked to me. I said, I'll do kumite because kata, I can't even remember how to do the katas. And so I trained hard for a month and I went in there and I remember 
my body, when I was young, I was very fast, and uh, my sort of like my kill move was when you're standing in your stance, my front leg, I could do a front roundhouse kick really fast mm -hmm. and, and tag for a point. Well, now, here I am, older, slower, and heavier. And I can remember in the competition, I am in this fight with a person, and I try to do my kill move. And it literally is like slow motion, like when you're watching a movie, slow motion. I, I'm looking at my leg, I'm like, why are you not moving faster? And then I see the guy jump, jump out of the way and then come in for a punch, and literally like slow motion in my head, I'm saying, why am I not blocking already? Block, he's gonna hit me. And then he gets me in the, anyway, I realized at that point that, my competitive years were behind me, and it was a thing that I loved doing before, but now it's just uh, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I still love the idea of it, and I think our kids would do karate, but yeah. long story short, I didn't win that tournament. Well, you know what? Had you been training that whole time, you would have. True, yeah. true. Yeah. Same. Like, I haven't done much in so long, but a few years ago, after I had my first daughter, I found this dude in the park training Muay Thai, and I was like, hey, can you train me? So like, I would just do Muay Thai in the park for a while, um, just for a workout, and that was so fun, because you just, you your body still remembers, mm. and you're still better than everybody else who hasn't trained, so it just felt nice to just So you like, could brag and, and show them up, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, it just felt nice to <laughs> yeah. like, punch something, and you're like, you know how to punch, or like, how to do a roundhouse kick, like you know how to do a roundhouse kick. I just have to tell you, I honestly thought I would never in my life hear you say, it just feels good to punch something. <laughs> was, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I used to have a punching bag in my parents' basement that I couldn't move with me to college or anywhere else, yeah. but I wish I had one. I yeah. wish I had one and maybe I need to get another one. But, but you know, your renovation, we always say this to people and they kind of think we're just joking, but we're not. Renovations? Taking a sledgehammer to something, smashing an old oh, it's wall. Like therapy. It is therapy. It's demo therapy, we call it. And it's just like punching something. It's letting out a little bit of this sort of built up frustration and sort of those those you know bricks have been building up on your shoulders and that tension that you have. It is a release. And so and karate is very much that same thing. And the funny thing is with, with martial arts or Muay Thai or anything, it's you know, there, there's a fighting component and whatnot to it, but it's not teaching you to fight. It's actually teaching you that um, respect for others. It's teaching you confidence, and it's teaching you how to not fight. It's teaching yeah. you how to get out of a situation. And yes, you're learning self-defense if you ever do need it. But mm -hmm. that, that's what I love. I actually found when I was younger, I used to be more confrontational at times. And now as an adult, I've learned to talk my way out of issues where I could have just gone into fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm a lot slower, and I would probably lose <laughs> that fight. Um, and so, moving forward, I mean, what are some exciting new expansions to Ojoy or things that you're excited about growing? Well, we have more sort of products launching and growth of categories, which is sort of always a thing that I'm working on. But one sort of passion project that I'm really excited about is we have three kids' books coming out. And you guys know about kids' books. Yes. And I'm just excited because it's while we've had kids' products and kids' items, and obviously I have kids and I like kids. Um, just to publish kids' books is a new category for me. We've had a few others before, and this, it's with Scholastic, which is a publisher I've known forever, yeah. like my whole life. And so the three kids' books are, they're board books, so they're smaller, and they're meant for like little kids, but they're also great for early readers. But it's about kindness and compassion and curiosity, and each one evokes like different is one of the, about about one of those different characteristics. Are they a part of a series or are they all independent? They're books? all independent, but they are together in a series. Family. So okay. it's like you can put them on your shelf nicely yeah. together. And, and, and they so come out in, and they come out this year. So one in April, one in August, one in December. Awesome. Looking forward to that because we have our nieces and nephews. We're always for us we just love to give them books that we find adorable with good messaging. So you'll know this now because we just went through this and we continue to with our series Builder Brothers. Um, especially for kids, there's so much more scrutiny that goes into it because these books can really help shape the minds of young kids. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about having pretty pictures. It's just not about just about having cute characters that they can follow. It's about great messaging um, that is underlying that the parents know that the kids are getting great messaging, like about uh, working together or about, you know, there's, there's always more than just one right way to do something. Mm -hmm. We've had to deal with that with our books. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the great thing about editors too, right? At the, at the publishing house, because they'll look at it with that eye. Mm -hmm. You'll write it, you'll illustrate it, and then someone is there to just be like, ah, what about this, what about this? So that's nice because they live in that world mm -hmm. and they're experts in that world. So it's been, it's been fun. I'm just, uh, it's, it, ours is also 
there, there's a lot of rhyming happening too, so it's just yeah. a nice way to write in a different way for me. Yeah, that's fun. And, Did you and write and illustrate? I wrote, and then our designer, Angie, illustrated. Oh, oh so, so it was cool. one of your team who did all mm-hmm. the illustrations. That's amazing. We actually, for one of our books, not our kids' books, um, our other book that was a biography for Jonathan and me, It Takes Two, Linda actually did the cover art oh, on the nice. book, which was really cool. They and didn't tell me that it was going to be the no, cover art. They were like, hey, can you just sketch something up? It would have stressed just her Just give an example. Out. And she would have freaked out. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. And then she would, because she would, Linda does it, she's very creative, but I'm sure as a creative brain yourself, you can understand is she'll do something and it's absolutely amazing and then she'll change it and then she'll tweak it and then she'll change it and then she'll tweak it and it was yeah. already great. Now it's a new great, but it's just changing a great to another great. And so we just told her, just give us a little, um, just a little tease of something, just as an example that we can show them. And they didn't even whatever. let me edit after. Like nope. that was it. We took it and we <laughs> submitted like, no. it, and it was perfect. Because they knew you were going to want to mess with it. Yeah, exactly. I would have. Timeline, Linda. That's what we're, together as a, in, in our relationship is perfect because I am like the efficiency king, and I like to keep structure and timeline while well, well, still being a creative mind. But Linda is an absolute creative. And what she comes up with, she's this one woman think tank. And so together, she'll come up with amazing, and then I'll like make it happen. Yeah, I'll make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, do you find that with your team? How much of your team have been with you since the beginning? I only hired a real team in terms of full time employees, like with a salary, roughly six and a half years ago. And I started my company 14 and a half years ago. So, eight years in is the first time I hired. Anybody. I mean, I had freelancers. Mm-hmm. I had people that were helping. I wasn't totally doing it myself that whole time, but it wasn't until then that I felt ready to take the risk. I mean, Ojoy has been a very organic growth type of company. We don't have investors, and there was no like huge snowball effect kind of a thing. So I think that people are always surprised to see that I'm still doing it this many years later, and mm-hmm. I haven't sold it or I haven't like gone off and done something else, but. It's because of the ability to evolve it. And it's not exactly what it was when it started. Mm -hmm. And it's not exactly what it was from five years ago. It's just like constantly evolving, which is kind of also fun. Yeah. Well, it's also going to be very different maybe five years from now. And and that's same with what we have with our brands. We love how there's always a change. And I think anybody who's going after a passion, just like me when I was trying to be an actor and then I got into hosting TV instead, it's... Passions can change as yeah. we as we grow, as we mature. Passions can change as you have kids and your life changes. Your passions can change, or your or your priorities can change. Yeah. Have you ever considered having food as a larger part part of your lifestyle brand? Because you are you are like a home family kind of a brand, and I think that seems like a great fit. You know, we've dabbled a little bit in food with content, and we still do. It's very light, though. It's not it's not trying to be like I'm this chef that knows all things about chefing and cooking and all that. <laughs> but I also think that the aesthetic and the mindset of Oh Joy is something that we can apply to food, whether it's in easy entertaining ways or gifty ways yeah. or just like ways to make something easy but also memorable. So it's it's like dabbled in there, but not necessarily a ton. I don't necessarily think that's where our focus is yeah. or where our expertise is right now. But that's great the way you, you're, you're mentioning it, though, because it's organic. Yeah. Because entertaining, like for us, too, entertaining. I'm not a chef. I don't do chefing. <laughs> I like how you're using it as a I verb. just made it up. Yeah. I'm going to look that up in the dictionary. Is that in the Oxford? Uh, chefing. But, um, but, I mean, still for us, food is a big part of our lives. And organically, as a part of our lives, I'm never going to try and tell someone that I'm an amazing chef, but I do love to cook. Linda loves to cook and bake. I love to and eat. Our yeah. mom taught us a lot growing up. And so as an organic part of how we like to bring family and friends together over food and fun, um, that makes sense. But I'll never have a cooking show of my own. Yes. Never say never. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Epic yeah. fail cooking show. Uh, epic fail cooking, yeah. <laughs> America's worst cook. <laughs> but uh, that'll be Jonathan, not me. Um, it's fun to see that you, your brand expand as well. And, and so when you originally were, you had your blog was your first part, and then you expanded to YouTube first, or where was your In growth? terms of social? Yeah, how, how you grew um, your audience. Yeah, so blog was first, and this is back again when blogs were like the new thing. And so I think from roughly 2005 to 2010, blogs were growing and hot. And it was like the early days of the early professional blogger, where a lot of the people who turned it into a job came out of that particular like five-year period. Um, We did start a YouTube channel probably in like, I don't know how long ago that was, probably 2007, something like that. 2007, 2008, 2009, something like that. And it was 
still sort of early, but growing. And people were having channels that were growing, but there weren't official YouTubers yet. And so, and that's, I had just got an agent. I had just moved to LA. And like, so these are the things that my agents were trying to get me to do. And so we did it and it was fine. And I, and for a few years, we were doing content there as well simultaneously, but it really got to the point where the rest of Ojoy was much more fulfilling for me. To be a YouTuber, you need to really be a YouTuber. Yeah. I mean, it's a full, it's a full thing. thing yeah. I couldn't do that and also have at least five blog posts a day, plus design all these products, plus do all these other things. Mm -hmm. And so YouTube for us now is very secondary. It's like, if we have a video that we need to host somewhere, it'll go there and then it'll feed to other things. But I'm not super there. You know, we're much more in Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest, we have a really good place in, and then Instagram as well. Well, you have a lot of following on Pinterest. And I think, I mean, obviously, your, your imagery and, and the use of color and uniqueness is very pinnable. Yeah. So here, here's the question then, with all the stuff that you have on the go, small, small but mighty, you're one of the hardest working women in LA, in the world, how do you just get all of this distraction in your head or all the busy work life out of your head and just chill? One thing that I do that is for me like very helpful is now I get monthly massages. Mm. When I was younger, I've always loved massages, but when I was younger in my 20s, living in New York, spending half my paycheck on rent, so broke, I remember when I would, I would get a massage for like my birthday, like, it would yeah. be like your friend would get you a gift certificate or your boyfriend or whatever. And I was like, someday when I'm older, I want to get one once a month. And I was <laughs> like, that was like one of my goals for my life. And so now we have someone come to our house once a month and both my husband and I get massages like back to back. One of us will go and then the other one will go. And she's amazing. And she's been massaging me since I was pregnant with my second mm -hmm. baby. And um, it's just one of those things that's like such a treat, especially when someone comes to your house, because then you can just like go to bed. Oh, yeah. sleep right after. Drive yeah. home in traffic yeah, after having a massage. So that's not an everyday thing. But for me, that's just one of those treats and one of those like, splurges that I feel like is, is a nice yeah. It's yeah. so important to take care of the body. Yeah, well, so many is people, they, they work, 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 but they never stop to think about the stress that they're putting on their body and on their mind, and I'm, I am the worst culprit. Well, he's um, the worst because he doesn't stress. Like, if I ask him, like, what, how are you feeling? Like, great, great. Like, he doesn't even think about it because he, you actually love business and everything about brand building and just everything you do, which we're so lucky to be able to do what we but want to do. But my body shows signs of stress, stressed. and I, I like, yeah. ignore it. But so what we've actually been doing, which is amazing, we, have, we found this amazingly talented chiropractor. He, he's, uh, he does physio. He does active release. He does meditation, um, work with uh, roller and, and ball work, so rolling out um, joint... Um, stiff muscles. He does all these different things. He's like an all-in-one. He even works with the Olympic, uh, the Canadian Olympic team. Justin wow. Tan is his name. And he is this epic guru of mind, body, and soul. And so we've actually been working with him. We bring him in uh, once every couple of weeks for our, our team and our production mm -hmm. office. And he, he works on all of them as well. And having that little reminder just to constantly take care of your body is so important to achieve everything you want to mm -hmm. do in life. I, in, I'm the worst too, because sometimes I'll, I'll think, no, I can't stop to, to, I love to go to the gym and I love to, to work out and train. And I think I don't have time to go to the gym because I have to work on this process. Not realizing if I was actually to take a bit of time, whether it is meditation or whether it is just to get a massage or whether it's to go to the gym, and then go back to work, Everything I'm going to be far benefits. more productive. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the lunch break thing. Like I implemented at my office, like this is our lunch break, 12 to 1. And you have to take it. Like you can't just yeah. sit at your desk and work because mm -hmm. I could so easily do that. Because even though we're taking an hour, which seems like such a long time out of your day, you're way more productive when yeah. you have like stepped away and gotten a break and you're not in front of a computer. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want people to burn out. We've just talked yeah. through your lunch break. Um, <laughs> so but this is not work. Everyone is not work. We are just chilling. We are going to Netflix, Netflix and, and Ice Cream Chill. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about your life coach experience because we've... I mean, that sounds fascinating, yeah. and I want one. <laughs> so the year I turned 39, which was, I turned 40 this year, 39. Yeah, I think I was approaching 39, and I think I was just getting like, holy shit, what, what's happening? 
and feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I at the place in, in my life? It's like sort of typical midlife crisis-y things, which also sounds ridiculous because I also feel very proud of the things I had done up until that point. So it wasn't out of coming out of not being grateful. It was just like, what's next? What is this? What am I, what am I working towards? And so also at the same time, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where there were like shootings at schools and there were like natural disasters and things happening to other people in other parts of the country that I had no control over and I felt so helpless and I felt like, who who am I with my life and whatever I'm doing to be able to go on the internet and like dance in my outfits and show you what I'm wearing for the day because I was doing this outfit of the day thing. Um, and so I stopped doing that for like two weeks and someone reached out to me and she said, hey, you know, I've been following you and I just noticed that something seems, hmm. something is weighing you down. Yeah. I'm a life coach and I would love to just offer you a session. I'm not, I don't need, I don't need your business. I just want to offer you a session. And I was like, huh, how did you notice that? How like, yeah. how? And, and is it like the Trader Joe's samples where like they give you the sample because they want you to buy the whole right. thing. <laughs> and so I had a session with her and one session turned into like five before, and just free, just for free, and just because she wanted to help me through this stage of my life. And then I got to the point where I was like, hey, should we just like talk about like what you charge? I feel weird. You're just like giving me all these sessions for free. And she's like, well, I don't actually know that if I've, I have space for you in my roster. Oh my goodness. But let me look. But I also have very specific criteria of what I need out of a client. Like I don't yeah. just take anybody. Um, she happens to work with only female uh, entrepreneurs or high-level executives. And there was like a handful of other things. So we basically had to go through it and make sure that we both felt like it fit mm-hmm. the other person. So it was very like, almost like getting into a relationship. Yeah. And then it did end up that it made sense and she had an opening. And then so we worked together for about a year and a half. Um, and it was very helpful. I think that in some ways also working with her made me go through some work, like it gets worse before it gets better. It's kind of like when you organize your closet, it's better to just mm-hmm. take it all out mm-hmm. and then put everything back versus just trying to like pluck things yeah. one yeah. by one. And I can't say I've resolved all of the things in my life that are causing stress or anxiety, but what's been nice, so like for the last six months, I haven't worked with her because I'm sort of just like, the whole point is that you don't work with the life coach forever. forever yeah. I think when people do therapy, some people are in therapy for 10, 20 years and it's an ongoing maintenance thing and it's fine. It's just life coaching is different in that they want to equip you with the tools yeah. to help you handle these situations so yeah. you don't need them forever. And, and right now, I mean, you've been dealing with a big um, home project and so we always say to people, if, you're, if you can survive a house build or a house renovation, your relationship can survive that, you can survive anything. Yeah, it's such so, a big metaphor. Yeah, but it's honestly, it's it's so fascinating to us. Linda and I are all about finding ways. We we wouldn't, you know, seeing a therapist or seeing a life coach or anything else that you're doing, seeing someone about nutrition and health or working out, massage. You don't just go and do those things once you have an issue that you want to work out or once you have tight muscles you want to work out. Planning ahead and being proactive to go and see these people to help make sure that you are communicating with your the one you love effectively or that you've loosened up your joints before you start to get those knots in your back. I think that's how we, we like to live our lives. So Yeah, it's like it's maintenance mm-hmm. for yeah, sure. It really is. Mm-hmm. And also punching things really hard. Oh yes. Total we need a punching bag. This has been very cool to dig in a little bit. And the last thing I would just say is if if you need me to just come in and finish that house project, I'll pull Jonathan off of the thirty nine <laughs> houses we have on the go. Yes. And we will just come over and get her done. But, hired. Uh, yeah, hired. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming Thank to, you to so hang much. out with us. Thank you for having me. We'll see you at the Karate Dojo soon. Dojoy. The Dojoy. Give me one kiai before we're done. Kia! Kia! Ah! That's it. You have to finish oh, every, every kill move in karate Kia! with a kia! And tighten your abs. Yeah. Kia! Actually, I mean, I just, I just pulled something. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Was that fun? That was fun. It brought me so much joy, and it actually made me really evaluate what brings me so much joy in life. Like punching like something thing. really hard. What? Like oh, yeah, like karate. Nothing is like punching like, That's so something. so angry. But karate, I, I want to see you work towards a second-degree black belt. 
Can I get a rainbow belt? I will make you your rainbow karate belt. Okay. So you're telling me that you're going to craft me something? I will craft you that. I'll do one thing for you to bring you joy, and then you do one thing for me to bring me joy. I know what brings you joy. Coins and a trip to Disneyland. Is that you bringing you joy or me yes. joy? It, it's like the stereotypical husband getting his <laughs> wife a toolkit. Oh my gosh, a toolkit? You know what? I would be excited to get a toolkit. but I like the Disney plan. Speaking of Disney, yes. Speaking of what brings us joy, Disney brings us so much joy. And for this year and forevermore, my goal is to surround myself with things that make us happy. Not just things. You mean people, family, yes, friends? Yes, of course. More than surrounding ourselves with things and people that bring us joy, I think it's important for us to learn how to spread joy. Be the perpetrators of joy? Is that a thing? Well, I think don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. I agree. Mr. Rogers. That's it. That is exactly it. Joy Cho is the 2020 (gasps) Mr. Rogers. Reincarnated because she is so positive and fun loving and just like Mr. Rogers, watching the documentary, watching a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He was such a good person. There was no bad side to him. He admits he wasn't perfect, but there is no bad side to him because he really listened to people and he he cared about people and he wanted to see people live their best life. Mm -hmm. I almost cried when there was a line in the movie that said, you know what is the most important thing? Talking to you is the most important thing right now. I'll tell you exactly what the quote was. That's so important to remember. His quote was exactly this. Linda, let me (laughs) tell you what the most important thing to me Right now is. Do you know who you sound like? You. Do you know who you who sound, sound like? like? From American Dad. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> if I was doing from American Dad, I would talk more like this. It's actually Family Guy, Peter. No. Pe- no. Now you changed. I've changed my voice as many times. Your characters sound the same. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but am I bringing you joy? You're laughing. Yes, you are. There you do is. bring me joy every day. Well, thank you so much. And this was a lot of fun for our very first podcast. This was a lot of fun. Mm. We just want to say a big thank you to everyone for listening to our podcast at home with Linda and Drew Scott. Yeah, we hope you'll share it with everyone you love your people, your cats, and your dogs. Except all animals. <laughs> and if you have any feedback, you can email us at feedback at athomepodcast.net. Also, please share on social media. We make it easier for you on Instagram, at home. So it's really at sign at, 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 at home. home. Yes, <laughs> yes. Our music is Feels Like Home by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. And we want to thank our producer, Brandon Angelino. I like to call him Brangelino. Oh, I like that. Brangelino. Brangelino. Sounds like a song. Annalie Bell for our research. We also want to thank our presenting sponsor, ADT. And I want to thank you. Me? Drew. Oh, I want to thank you for being the amazing lady that you are. She leaned away, so I totally just kissed myself. No, I was just watching you. Air kiss. (laughs) 